the other person's prayer will be entering some your yeah. prayer. I'm hearing on the person's problem. I'm like, and it was so bad that it was not just one pastor. From one pastor, they to another pastor. Mm. We have to depend on them. You be dependent on them. Okay, so like that, we should go on seven days, one hour praise. guys, welcome back to the Truth and Tales podcast with your favorite host, Victoria Han. Yummy. Yay. So on today's episode, as promised, if you've been if you've been following from the previous episode, where we talked about that yeah. long, <laughs> that long story. <laughs> like, oh my god, guys, if you did not watch that episode, you're missing a lot because we spoke so much, you know, about you know, especially regarding that tale. We'll also be making reference to that tale in this particular episode, even though we are talking about a different truth today, okay? Anyway, so today we've brought another gist for you you guys okay thank you so much for everyone who has been following yeah. us especially everyone that followed the last video thank you so much to everyone who has been leaving comments and likes and the rest of it and sharing our video we are very yeah. grateful to you guys so again today like i said we're here with another interesting episode and without talking too much <laughs> i'm going to let yemi <laughs> take us through what exactly we're talking about today so yemi what is the truth for today yes Today we have the truth, the truth mm -hmm. of the day, and I'm going to be reading that. And our truth today is something related to faith. And, you know, we've already mentioned that in our previous video. So yeah. here is the truth for the day. Okay. So it says, at the age of 19, mm -hmm. I decided to stop attending the church I was born into, Cherubim and Seraphim Church. Mm -hmm. I did this for my reasons. I called my mom and dad to the living room and told them I won't be attending their church anymore. I hadn't decided what church I'd be attending, but I was sure it wasn't theirs. I had no expectations. I was ready for them to try and convince me. I was sure I'd not budge. My dad shrugged and said, okay, you still love God? With a question mark and, and in quotes. And I said, yes. All right, then he left the room. So the all right, then is in quote again. Yeah. And then he left the room. So trust mama to help with some perspective on the issue. So the mama says now in quote again, have told you many times that you must have an independent relationship with God. Mm -hmm. God before church. Let mm -hmm. God be in your heart first. Then you can share him willingly and without pressure from us, your parents, or anyone else. I was mm. relieved. My church in uni had made me feel bad for choosing to leave. Can you it was imagine? as if I had committed a grave offense. Mm. <laughs> Hearing mama tell me that it was me and God first gave me enough confidence to create a brick wall between me and those who tried to make my decision sinful. Good. Religious gatherings become the icing on the cake when you, when you are truly at peace with your friendship and closeness with God. Mm -hmm. You and God first because you have free will, because you feel him, not because you are afraid to go to hell or mm. because you want your pastor's approval. End of yeah. the truth. <laughs> mm. I actually like this one because usually when we talk about truth or tales, it's usually on negative mm -hmm. and controversial issues. Mm -hmm. But this one is actually something yes. positive, something really refreshing. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely a good mm -hmm. follow-up to the last video we had, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 And it's, it's really I also, a good follow -up. yeah. 
Yeah, and I also mentioned that, you know, we'll be also making reference to that video because there were certain things that also had to do with, you know, religion, about relationship with God and, you know, having our pastors as an intermediary between, you know, God and us. So if you did not watch the last episode, yeah. you know, post this video, yeah. go and watch it and then come back to this video, okay? Yeah. All right, so in the last video, mm -hmm. we talked about the lady who you know and the part i'm going to talk about i'm not going to talk about all the all the tales in the last video was about you know the part we're going to focus on is the part where you know um she met this guy on facebook three months later they are married because a pastor said he is the right person for you or is your soulmate so to speak yeah. so and then you know of course there were issues go and watch the video to learn more so and i think this is actually a very good follow-up to it you know talking about how mm -hmm. to know god for yourself okay and the roles that our parents mm -hmm. have to play in this but before i talk too much um yemi what what's your what's your idea about you know this particular topic what do you think about it um just like you said i'm even happy too that you know the truth for the day is a calming one it's yeah more like a, a positive side yeah so i'm very excited about that i love that and yes about you know having a relationship with god and, mm -hmm. and you know, knowing God first is about you and God first, not because you're afraid to go to hell or because you fear God, like not in that kind of reverence and awe of him, but mm -hmm. this kind of panic, this kind of fear. And, you know, you decide to, you choose to serve God or you are in that, you know, but it's about you building your relationship with God. So, yes, I also agree with that. And then the part that she also said, or the person said that, you know, she was judged mm. for in uni for wanting to leave <laughs> for wanting to leave the church and then they made it seem like oh she's doing something sinful they made it look like it, the church is god you mm. know? like when you are yeah. communicating or when you are engaging in church activities that is actually you building your relationship with god or when mm -hmm. you're listening to your pastor when you're doing everything your pastor says that is actually you building your relationship with god so they make it seem like the work that you do to grow yourself spiritually is actually what it is but that's not you know that's not what christianity is all about or yeah that's not what christianity is all about i don't know about other religion but that, <laughs> that's not what christianity is about it's not about you running to god because you have need yeah. or running to a particular church because you want to feel seen or running mm. or listening to a pastor or having people to fall back on in the church that's not what um christianity is all about it's about you and your relationship with god and you know building that relationship with god in such a way that you can you know talk to him about anything you can receive um instructions from him you can talk to him about your problems you can listen to the solutions to your problem like you having that cordial relationship with god just as you mm. would have with your parents or with someone you regard but without losing your own um opinion without losing your own thoughts i mean there's a lot about christianity but just to just talk briefly about this i think yes i agree that you know relationship with god is quite different from all these church activities and listening yeah. to your pastor and everything and it can even be detrimental to someone's well-being like mm. doing all these church activities and you know relegating christianity to just church 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 like mm. there's a lot of people who have been hurt by church yeah. abuse and church politics and church drama that they even thought that that is christianity and they ended up you know losing the faith and you know just deciding not to even be a christian anymore and just doing whatever yeah. they like because they've experienced this misleading and it's just very 
it's just religion and we tend to have more of religion in this part of the world in Nigeria. Than in relationship. We just have a lot of religion, not yeah, no, we don't really have a lot of relationship. And I'm even glad that this person's parents was able yeah. to put her through. But yeah. Anyway, that's let, let this is just me, you know, starting <laughs> off. Let me not go in depth into all okay. of the nitty gritty. Yeah, okay. for now. So yeah, I really agree with I really agree with this truth. Yeah, I think I also do. And you know, I also believe that, you know, without sharing because this story is almost like my story, only that my home was not as easy <laughs> as this, okay? <laughs> but we'll go we'll get to that because I was thirteen years old when I told my parents I did not want to attend their church again. But we'll get more into we'll get into that later. You uh, you're <laughs> early. Thirteen. I was thirteen years oh, old when I told bold. them I am not I am not attending CAC again. Like I am done. <laughs> it was it was a lot, but yeah, we'll get to that. Uh but uh so yeah personally I also think uh it's very important that everyone has a personal relationship with God. And I also think that the earlier you start to cultivate it, the better. One thing that every parent needs to come to realize is that you need to start to teach your children, you know, from as early as possible to have a personal relationship with God. What we didn't have growing up is that, you know, we lived our faith was um kind of expressed through our parents and i think that's a good yeah. thing and which is what we're talking about you know when we're recording the other video that you know most of our parents always feel like they know what is best for us spiritually and it's true because at mm -hmm. that age majority of us don't even know okay so they would teach us they would um you know um put in roles like morning devotion night devotion you know praise hour you know um, i don't know like in my house it was a lot oh my god oh my god times that you, you were sleepy and my mother would say oh she's led that we should go on seven days one hour praise hey my, my brother literally commented that on one of my recent video where i was talking about lessons i learned from my mom one of the lessons i actually shared was that um yeah. My mom was a person I was of prayer. Yeah. <laughs> she was she is, not even was. She like literally till now, when I go to my house, and it's still something that happens till now. My mom still believes in let's all do our prayers together. Whilst but me, I've grown to the extent that I don't need yeah. to do a family family prayer. There's a place for family prayer, okay? But there's a place for individual prayer. But growing up, there was no place for individual prayer. It was more or less like unless you want to have it, maybe like because you wake up in the morning and you are having morning devotion like one hour family morning yeah. devotion so what what time do i have to start to talk to god by myself because when you finish you have to go and clean the house get ready for school mm -hmm. do this and do that you understand there was no that um we didn't have that you know go and talk to god by yourself go and pray to god by yourself then let's come back together as a family you know to pray but and our prayer we're doing what they thought was the best you know and at the time was kind yeah. of the best because if you look at the churches that we grew up in they also did not believe in individual prayer they believed in corporate prayer and that's why when you, that lady wanted to leave our church people felt like oh she's she's committing a grave sin because they believe they think mm -hmm. and one thing we need to know is that salvation is individual okay at the end of the day god will yeah. not call cns cns and mushy branch come and tell us how was your work with god <laughs> no god will call you individually we are all going to give account of our own work with oh, god our branch. own journey our own life not our mm -hmm. combined life okay so all this mm -hmm. you know but um but i was i was saying the fact that you know our parents in our church they didn't teach us about quiet time i was 13 or 14 when i heard about quiet time for the very first time i didn't even know what quiet time was 
all I knew was attend church, attend prayer meeting, attend Bible studies, you know, and do your family altar in your house. And it was good. And it is good to always have that family because it is from there that your children will know. Because I always say the family altar is very important because you are showing your children that you are under someone's authority. And when I see my mom under God's authority, I also know that there is someone that is greater than my parents that I'm also under his authority. Yeah. But if you're a father and on Sunday your children are going to, your, your mother is taking the children to church and you, you, know, you are selling a Bible, you are sending them to go and buy you buy you cigarettes or buy you something you know whilst they're supposed to go to church they will feel like ah my father does not you know you're, you are the first role model i always mm -hmm. say every parent is the first role model of their children so if the child sees that you don't have regard for god the child will not see god as an authority unless god you know intervenes or they have a mother you know who is you know um on their who is always constantly trying to put them on the right path you understand so you are your child's mm -hmm. first role model when your child sees that you're under authority they also do that however in bringing up your child, it is important that you also allow them to have an interaction with God. I was telling you of the fact that, you know, growing up, even when I became an adult, even after I started to know God for myself, I was still very dependent on my mom's prayer. And that was because, you know, growing up, when I'm going through things, even when I just, you know, got to school, when I just entered school, and I have challenges or difficulty, you know, I would always call my mom. And when she prays, like when my mother prays and says that, God, this thing, this thing. I, I was saying this in my video that, see, I feel like God sometimes just say, take, don't, don't kill me, just take. That's the way God answers my mom's prayer. Like, literally, I always say that. God just like, just take, just get out and stop disturbing my ears because my mother can drill. She can persist. If she wants to pray on one issue, see, don't offend my mother. Trust me, don't offend. If she carry your matter to God. <laughs> if my mother can... If, it was my mother's prayer that changed my rebellious heart when I was a child and God's intervention. But anyways, um, I was just saying that, you know, then, so I grew up being dependent on her. So when I'm going through this, I'll call her. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, she'll pray and God will answer. And then she'll call and then she'll pray, God will answer and all of that. But at a point, I started to realize that it was, and there's nothing bad in calling my mom to pray, you know, for me. But mm -hmm. it shouldn't be at this age. My prayer should not be praying for me. They should be praying with me. We should be praying together. Yeah. They should be agreeing with me. Mm -hmm. Not that they'll be doing the prayer and the fasting. I'll be sitting there in my house and be, you know, and be chilling. You understand? Because parents will always be praying. Their children is the first priority. My mom, you know, we are our first priority. When we are going through anything, she will pray and fast and do everything. You understand? But at the same time, you also need to know God for yourself. But when I realized that this yeah. is getting really bad, that I would not pray about situation, when I'm passing through challenges, the first thing I think of is to call my mom. That's when I knew that, okay, there's something definitely wrong in it, okay? There's nothing wrong in asking mm -hmm. my mom to join me in prayer, but there's definitely something wrong in always in going to her first before going on my knees and talking to God because it's the same God that my mother is calling, you know, that is also available in my heart. It's the same God your pastor is calling that is also available to you. I, I don't want to get too much into preaching in this part. And I think, okay, maybe maybe I should cut it here and then you continue. <laughs> maybe I'll talk about that, you know, as we go on. Is there anything you want to add to it before we start to share yeah, our experiences? Yeah, I think, um, I think your um, experience is like most of the... Uh, millennials or people in Africa yeah. experience like we tend mm. to depend on our parents for um, prayers and you know spiritual support if it's not our parents then it has to be a pastor because mm. we see our parents yeah. to run to the pastor so we will yes. run to the pastor too yes true but I think I think for me it was it was the opposite like it was different because not yeah. like completely opposite but it was different because my own father is a muslim i grew up in a mixed religion family so mm. my dad is a muslim but he's one of those liberal muslim that if you like 
decide to go to church today mm -hmm. if you mm -hmm. like tomorrow decide to go to mox mm -hmm. now for one part of it it was good for us as children because we were not really forced to mm -hmm. take a religion, religion or to go to church or go to mosque or anything we we're really forced but growing up now being matured i feel like they didn't enforce any belief system on us and mm. somehow if you are not a child that is properly raised well you may not you may find it hard to have a belief system and just as the bible said people um people perish they don't get into their rest because of unbelief so mm. if you don't have a belief system like it could affect you in life but mm. anyway mm. so i remember growing up as a christian going up to church not really going to mosque because mm -hmm. my dad was not always around he had to travel for work so it's the religion of the mother that you will follow oh, like yeah. that but we had muslim names as on all of that but i remember going to church and it wasn't really like a sunday sunday activity for us we just used to go mm. to church and i really enjoyed church because of the activities in church because of the you know choreography and I like all mm. those things that would put me outside. You know, we wear <laughs> costume, we do choreography, all those yeah. things. That was why I really enjoyed church. Mm. And I remember when I decided not to be a Muslim. It was not even any life-changing encounter or anything. Well, it could be a life-changing encounter. I remember mm -hmm. as a child, we went to the village for Christmas. And, you know, my grandmother was like, ah, you these children. You, that's like my paternal grandmother. Like, you these mm -hmm. children. You should know how to um, pray and all of this. You should know how to just uh, kill and everything. Yeah. And we're like, okay, well, Let's follow you to the mosque. That's how we followed. My cousin and I, we followed her to the mosque. And because we didn't know, me, I mm. didn't know anything about this thing. I didn't know that you shouldn't wear your slippers, your shoes inside the <laughs> mosque. And there's a different section for male and there's a different section mm. for women. So as she entered, she just entered and went to somewhere. I didn't know she went to do the ablution and everything. So I mean, I just barged in with my shoes and entered. Hey. The next thing I heard were women shouting at me. I just heard people shouting at me. And hey. I was like, What's happening? And as a child, I was Confused. really fearful. Like things Aww. scared me a lot. So when they just shouted, I was like, "What did I do? What did I do?" I'm just there looking like, and they were just shouting like, "Get out! Get out!" Like, like I've done mm. something really wrong. Mm. Only for my grandmother to, to come and be like, ah, "You want your slippers?" It's like, "Look, ah, you people, you don't even know anything." Like, ah, you would. They now moved me to the women's session. I just saw people stop. From that day, mm. I didn't even want to give it a chance. I knew that nobody can tell me anything. I'm not going to be Muslim. <laughs> and my daddy really, he didn't, he didn't enforce it. He wasn't bothered. We used to go to church. Some days he would tell us, oh yeah, go to church, take offering money. Go and, he wants to rest. He wants mm. quiet. <laughs> Can you imagine? He wants, he has to be quiet. So we really had that choice from mm. the beginning. We had that choice. There was a time my sister, one of my cousins came to live with us and he was practicing Muslim. My sister followed him to the mosque and then she decided not to go again. There was a time my cousin used to do it. Like, Muslim was not the other. I'm not calling out any uh, any religion. I'm not passionate yeah, 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 religion. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't just interesting for me as a child. It wasn't any way... But church, it was always warm, it was always friendly, it was always mm. music, children choreography, by the rivers of Babylon. <laughs> <laughs> I remember we did choreography down. on that song and it was so sweet. Was, and I, nah, I cannot stop singing. So, <laughs> I, I, honestly, I always enjoyed church and but then I grew up not understanding my faith, but I just enjoyed church and it was I had to find God on my own by myself. Hmm. So you know, I, it was until, even in uni that I struggled. It was just back and forth, back and forth. You know, my, my faith journey is a whole story. <laughs> it's like, a, it's a whole right? story. But it was something that I learned 
on my own there was a time i was also and i could relate to this because when i moved my parents live in a lorry but when i moved to abuja with my uncle they attend catholic church so hmm. i had to just go to their church because i didn't want to be the odd one out and i didn't like it i didn't enjoy the flu because it was kind of um regulated kind of and even my cousin and i we wanted to leave but we couldn't leave because our parents were like you can't leave mm. her parents were like you can't leave as long as you're in my roof but when we got to uni when we had the opportunity to leave the catholic church in school was more interesting we had cultural mm. carnival you know those are the things i liked so i really enjoyed it in school but once we finished school and everything we knew that we couldn't to grow in the faith it's not just about you know all the fun things with church to really grow in the faith and know god for yourself we had to go beyond that so mm. i just you know started to take in the effort so for me it was just different i had to do the work so i know the importance of doing the work like i know what it means to have a relationship with god because i did the work mm. it? so yeah yes it's really it, I, I don't want to bore you guys with the journey <laughs> because it's a long story like yeah it was it, it, it made me even understand that god is interested in you mm. like god will meet you where you are and you know, it's just a very sweet experience for you to actually have a relationship with God. It's a very sweet experience, but yeah. let's not, let's, you know, bring it small, small. Let's take it <laughs> gradually. So. You know, one thing that I always, I think that some of us are still locked in, that there are errors in the Bible, right? There was the era of creation where God was talking to man directly, like even um, when he created Adam and Eve. So when God created Adam and Eve, God usually come down physically, you know, to yeah. dine with them, to wine with them and the rest of it, you know. However, you know, from the time of Adam and Eve, then God God started talking to Abraham and then we saw the, the time of Isaac, of Jacob, of, yeah. um, uh, of uh, Moses, you know, Abraham will pray, God will give him instruction, he will hear God clearly, I mean, I envy them in those days, <laughs> you know, but then there was a time of the prophets when the children of Israel was, uh, were asking for, you know, we want a king and God, you know, was not speaking to the prophets, to the king, to rule the people, so every time there were issues in the Bible, people would run to the prophets, look at the time when, um, look at the issue of the, is it the Shunammite, not the my woman the woman whose husband died and um the debtors were coming for her son yeah and the rest of it i know she ran to the prophet to say hey look at what is happening okay this is put the debtors are coming for my children what do i do and the rest of it and the prophet gave her instructions from god you look at the story of you know different even the widows in the bible when they had yeah. issues it was always the prophet you know hearing from god and instructing them you know, always the prophets were always hearing from God, instructing the people. You understand? Yeah. However, we got to a time, especially when Jesus... Of course, there, were, there was different eras in the Bible, like different eras as we move on. But the New Testament era, you know, came with God, you know, wanting to interact with man himself. You know, mm -hmm. I always... You know, the Bible... I don't want to go into... I don't want to go into... <laughs> I feel like now I'm preaching plenty. But, you know... Sin actually, when Adam and Eve sinned, if Adam and Eve had not sinned, of course, we'll still be talking to God, interacting with God the way it was. But the sin actually created a bridge between God and man. You understand? Mm -hmm. But when Jesus Christ came, Jesus Christ came, um, sorry, sin actually created like a, a, a break between our interaction between God and man. And that's why God was only speaking to selected people and they were the ones that were taking destructions to the mass, okay? However, when Jesus Christ came, Jesus Christ became like a bridge. You understand? A bridge links two roads together. So because sin, you know, broke the, our interaction with God, yeah. you know, um, 
Jesus Christ came to die as a bridge that linked us directly to God. You understand? But I feel like so many of us are still stuck in the era of the prophets. Okay? And that's why we every time we have, and especially in the era of our parents, okay? In their, and I can call them their era because 21st century, we are another breed. <laughs> you understand? You know, they also still felt like, you know, whenever they have issues, they have to run to the pastor. Yeah. They have to run to the prophets. And we, growing up, seeing what they did, that every time they had headache, it was the pastor they were running yeah. to. Every time issues was happening in their home, it was the pastor they were running to we also grew up thinking that whenever we need answers from god quickly we go to the pastor mm -hmm. but now we are getting to know that you know everything changed you know my one of my favorite scriptures in the bible is and jeremiah 31 33 where the bible says that um i will put my law in their mind in those days and write it on their hearts i will be their god and they will be my people what god is practically saying that this was actually in the old testament the bible was saying that there's a time is coming okay when you will no longer have to look at the book you remember there was a time of the law also there was the era of the law where you have to look at the law look at read books and books and books and read the books of the law to be able to know what god wants to be able to know the heart of god but now god is saying that a time is coming which is the time of the, or the dispensation of jesus Jesus Christ where you cannot talk to God directly you cannot God you don't I don't need to go and read the Bible to know that stealing is bad I don't need to go and read the Bible to know that you know um um, that fornicating is bad because why now we have the Holy Spirit and Holy Spirit is the God that is within us okay so now I can literally go on my knees and talk to God directly but many of us growing up seeing our parents going to the pastors seeing them going for what and it was so bad that it was not just one pastor from one pastor to another, to another. pastor mm -hmm. from one prophet to another mm -hmm. prophet from one church to another as if the God in this church is not the same God in that church as if the mm -hmm. prophet in this church has a as a I don't know a, 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 you know, there are different kind of cable. You know, yeah. there is the local cable, local channel cable. <laughs> that one that is always glitching. And there is DSTV cable. And there is another, and there is Netflix cable. <laughs> and there is internet. There is 4G yeah, and 2G. It's like, it's like all the all the different pastors have different kind of internet speed to God. And it's not like that. I can actually go on my knees and talk to God. I can actually, you know, pray to God. I can have quiet time. And, you know, and, and you know, one other thing that we grew up believing is that it's only when you are in problems that you need God. Mm -hmm. You know, because our parents will always pray to God, kill my enemies, kill my, the people that are opposing me, let them die, let them, you know, that was the prayer we grew up knowing in church. I can remember in CSC, every time, it's always about enemies. So we pray more about the devil than we pray about God or that we pray to God, you understand? But then I realized, or I grew up knowing that, oh, I, God actually wants to fellowship with me. God actually wants me to be able to fellowship with him. And that was, you know, talking about when I actually left my mom's church because, oh my God, I just knew for a fact that something was wrong with this. But <laughs> yeah, there was something you wanted to ask me before I started my long preaching. <laughs> yeah, uh, I wanted to ask how you were able to tell your parents that you were not doing and how did you come up with that mm. decision and all of that. But um, before you even answer that question, I have something to really add on yeah. quickly to what you said. You know, mm -hmm. about, you know, the the way we grew up and the mindset we had about religion. I also think that, you know, mm -hmm. the way uh, the men of God in those days preached the word of God to us also had a way, mm -hmm. it, it affected the way people mm -hmm. could not think That is themselves. so true. I think they also, they, because my husband and I, we talk a lot about um, um, faith and growing in the, in the spirit. And we were thinking about the way Christianity was presented, the way, the men of God, of, mm. they, they are supposed to be the men of God. They are supposed to be the one to lead us. They are our leaders in the faith. So 
they did not mm. really preach Christ in a way that will make you go and dig deep into the word for yourself. They preached in a way mm. that we had to depend on them. You'll all be dependent the time. on them. Yeah. They preached in mm. a way that you can't even think for yourself. They they made it seem like they are the custodians of the Bible. They are in charge. They are the yeah. prophets. You know, somebody will be talking with so much mm. power, with so much and that's why I'm so grateful. Yeah, for authority. The I'm so grateful for the people, the um, men of God that God is raising in this um, 21st century because those people Generation. are teachers. And one of the old mm. um, pastors that I really like a lot is this Ghanaian pastor, Pastor Menta Osabi. Mensa Otabi. I love Otabi. I really oh my love God. That, that man teaches. I really love him. He teaches. I've been to his church several times when I was in Ghana. I it love his teaching. Sure, my husband that does not listen to, my husband does not just listen to preaching. Like, he needs to really. I sent him mm -hmm. one message of Otabi and he was like, he was so engrossed in him. Well, like, I yeah. love that man. I, I love him Otabio. so much. That Absolutely. He is, he and Pastor Samadiemi, those are my people. Like, those are my pastors. Mm. In, like, I just love them. I mentioned Mesa Otabi because he's one of the older generation and I still is preaching yeah. from eight years ago, seven years ago. You will still find it applicable. Mm -hmm. And that's how you know that oh this person. Have you, have you ever listened to the, uh, I think my favorite, all time favorite, I love all of his teaching, by mm -hmm. the way, but there was one he was talking about uh, Esau and Jacob. Oh my God, I can never forget that, that, that message. Like, he when it was, I cannot remember the title of that message. It's very catchy, but I can't just remember. But Jesus Christ, the way that man broke down Esau and Jacob and related to Nigeria, mm -hmm. the third world country and the first world country. If I get the name of that message, we'll, that we'll put it here. Like, is, that message he, is mind, he is life changing. He's full of wisdom. <laughs> like, imagine if we had people like him growing up and imagine if all the preachers were like him growing up people would want to study the bible every time i listen to his messages i'm looking i'm scouting for bible verses to go and no that man is he will teach you mm. in a way that you would want yes. to go and read the bible for yourself he will break it down in a way that you would understand it's not the way they used to preach Bible for us in those days is something that is scary yeah. that you can't do on your own. So you just needed them. They, they, they would, you know, there was just a way that anybody could not understand and you needed the pastors. And you know, our parents too. You needed had, to be dependent on you know, them. They had a lot of um, things going on and we, they were just moving from culture to um, religion um, to to Christianity, so they brought some of the cultural beliefs into Christianity and uh, uh, and just assume that that is the faith that they are learning. Yeah, you know, you, know, you are so it, right. A, a lot about of things are just cultural. Uh, don't wear this. Don't wear that. Don't wear, yes. shoes, don't wear all of those things. And hey, God, I remember when they told me I would go to FIA for joining Facebook. <laughs> they told me that Facebook was the sign. It was the beginning of six six six. And when the devil was going to come, you know, he was going to go through the list on Facebook to say, "Hey, God, oh what do I know here?" When I do oh attachment, um, I see. I feel like Can even we imagine? Nigerians, we do pass the West that even brought religion into into us. Like, what are you saying? Hey, we we know more than do. Day. We feel like we are the one that were, were there <gasps> when God was creating the world. Oh God, have mercy! You know, I never really liked. I used to tell a lot of people that you know, growing up, like I said, I 
found my faith by myself. I used to tell to say to people that I never want to marry a pastor. I never want to marry a pastor because I feel like I'm not good in prayer. And so if my husband is a pastor, when he's um, casting out demons in the church, it's mm. likely to the demons so are likely to fall inside his wife because the wife is not strong. So I never want to put myself in that condition because I felt like I don't know how to pray. Even till now, I'm in a group of sisters and when we come together and when they call me to like round up prayer or anything, I'm always scared. I say I don't know how to pray because I feel like I don't know how to pray. But when I learned about prayer, when I started mm. to dig deep into prayer, I realized that it's just talking I, to I've God. been praying all my life. Like yes. I've been praying. I just thought it was something that you will need you have to be. You know, yes, you close your eyes, wet. tie your hair. You must. <laughs> you must. And I, in, in fact, when oh, I was watching, I used chest. to go to church. I hated. <laughs> Ah, I hated people the way I dis I disliked praying. Even me, session. I hated I disliked prayers. It because people were praying that they will be praying. You you'll be hearing people's prayer in church. When I go to church in Nigeria, I used to sit down to pray. I don't stand up to pray because the other person's prayer will be entering inside my Your ear. I'm hearing on the person's problem. I'm like, what is this? Can't you just? I have to I have to sit down yeah. so that I can actually Talk sit down God. because. But anyway, I strongly believe that you know. Uh, the, the men of God in those days had something to do with it. Although I can, you know, excuse them and say that, okay, all of them got different callings and all of them are in mm. different ministries. But I feel like they did not put in the work to find a way because I remember there was one time I was listening to um, Pastor Samazayemi and he said there was a time God told him to teach the people about um, tithe and offering and everything. And after teaching the people about tithe and offering, he realized that the tithe and everything in the church did not increase, like nothing changed. Mm -hmm. And it was like, is it that these people are not listening to the word of God or they're not doing anything? Like he was really bothered. And then he went back to God in prayer and say, and he was telling God that things are not changing. What is happening? And then the Holy Spirit ministered to him that it's not as if these people don't want to listen or act. It's that they don't know money principles. They don't mm -hmm. even know how to make the money that they will now come and give tithe. Do you understand? So the Holy Spirit led him to now teach people on making money. Then it now became like business school kind of teaching in the church. Mm. But what I'm trying to say is that he looked at the environment. He studied what was happening, what was working in his church. And then he went back to God in prayer and asking him that, what do I do? Do you understand? So a lot of our pastors did not really put in the work. So yeah. it just it, it did not really allow a lot of people to actually be independent and focus on God. I, I agree with what you said. You know, yeah, mm. the way they thought us definitely had a lot of impact, and I think it's also the way they also were thought. <laughs> you understand? So mm. it's like it's mm. like a generational thing. It keeps going on and going on and going on because when you look at mm. the time of you know, but I also think that sometimes maybe God is deliberate about certain things because when you look at the era that we are right now, trust me, pray. Prayer is interesting. Prayer is something that we need. But yeah. I think we need more of understanding of God's word, you know, because of the times that we are living. And I think that yeah. that time, it actually worked for them. Look at the time of Kathleen Kuma. Look at the time of... Um, of um, yeah. um, mm of Idahosa. Look at the time. It yeah. was more of prayer and miracle. And I think that's what they actually needed in those generations, in those yeah, times. Like, I, I feel like God true. is very deliberate about the kind of servants and the kind of people that he sends to different kind of generations. I can imagine. Seasons. I think, okay, um, like this Sunday, me and my husband went to church. My mother-in-law came to visit with... Um, uh, yeah, so she came to visit, and you know, initially when we told her, "Oh, you come to our church," she was like, "That your church? Me, I cannot go. That church, like, I will be taking selfie in the church." You understand? But we just <laughs> said that, just come with us. You understand? We shall force her to go with us, and she went. And you know, it was almost like you know, it was almost like the devil wanted to make a point because it was on that Sunday that they were doing. It was more or less like Youth Sunday, so there were rappers in the church rapping, you know, yeah. gospel rapping, and the rest of it. My mother-in-law was so lost. <laughs> you understand? <laughs> like, what can, 
my, my husband now whispered to me that in the church, he whispered to me that he can imagine like years to come when he follows his own child to church, what exactly. church is going to be like in those times. You know, he exactly. was just, you know, he was, and we laughed about it, but when I think about it, it's actually true. Church mm -hmm. is evolving. God, you know, and I don't think, you know, people always mistake these things to say that, oh, God remains the same. God, this, and it's true. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But God comes in certain forms. He's still the same God, but I think he mm -hmm. comes in certain forms, depending on what we need in this generation. Their generation then, that was what was needed. That was what, you know, that was how they understood, or that's how they could understand God. Imagine telling my mom then, you know, that, you know, you can actually come without tying your hair in church and everything. There were two they were they were too their culture made them so restrictive that if yeah. religion has come the way it came the way it is now they would have thought religion was was nonsense you understand yeah so i still believe that point. you know it was what they that's needed in that point. generation and that was what mm. but we have come to a generation where there is no way we can be relating to god the way our parents are relating to god times have changed you know mm -hmm. we need more personal and intimate relationship with god you understand well yeah that's just one yeah. thing that i i wanted to chip in into yeah. it my yeah, you're absolutely right. And, you know, even Jesus, and that's why this era, this season is the season of, you know, the Holy Spirit, yeah. the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in you. Because even Jesus said, mm. there's a lot he wants to tell us, there's a lot he wants to teach us, but we cannot contain it right now until the Holy Spirit yeah, comes, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. That's also so, a very good example. It's not everything yeah. that you can actually release because your mind will not be able to contain it. You might even be overwhelmed, yeah. you know, and yeah. because I can't imagine God even told me, as at, you know, 13 years old, the things that I'm going to face, you know, in my Christian <laughs> work with God. I would have said, John Toriola, I'm not doing, not be by force, you I'm understand, but, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. we grow and we so, learn. Yeah, I want us to, um, like, relate it to this, our, our previous conversation and also um, yeah. this particular conversation. So now we can already identify that or we can say that, you know, religion our christianity is not about the church it's about you know mm, the individual following the leading of the holy spirit and you wanting to know more you putting in the efforts to know more and you know learn more beyond the church so um you said that you left and you you made that decision to leave your parents church at yeah. the age of 13 like i'm really curious mm -hmm. because at 13 i'm like wow <laughs> That's Ellie. So how did he, yeah. like, how did you go through that process? What did you do? Just in case there's someone who wants to leave the parents' church and you know that this is the best decision for you because times are changing. You cannot expect yeah. a, a, my own child now to go to CAC. Like, they won't. So, like, exactly. if there's anybody there, how did you do it? And how did you eventually get your parents to understand with you and, <laughs> you know, oh, very quickly. Well, what I said was that it's a seasonal movie, but I'll try to keep it short, okay? So, yeah. I grew up in CAC. I never liked that church because um, I always felt like they, it was just too much. Like, too I'll be much. in the departments. It, it, was, it was a lot. Like, you, you have to cram the Bible. And, you know, it was just too... My husband would say that it is too, it is too proper. It is too, I don't know, too calculated. Oh, like, this was too calculated. The way you do things, it has to be mm. this way. Now, my husband hates any church that, you know, 
after praise and worship, this is what happened. In likes to that are led by the spirits, you understand. But anyways, yeah. it was too too conservative. You cannot express yourself. You have to keep quiet. Whatever the pastor says is here and amen. There was mm -hmm. no time for question and answer. And as, as a child, I, you know, I was very expressive. I love to express my opinion. There were certain things they were saying that in my spirit, I don't know. I wasn't reading the Bible so much, but I just said that this cannot be right. That Kole, yeah. Kole, it's not, it can't be right. So I always mm -hmm. think in my mind, imagine as when at that age, I always wondered that why do I have to tie my hair to church? They'll say I'll go to hellfire mm -hmm. if I don't tie my hair. But so all the people in America will go to hellfire. I used to ask like deep questions when I was mm -hmm. that young. You understand? So I never, I don't know. My heart was never there. And I also knew that I had a gift. You know, I wanted to give myself to God, but I didn't know where. I was in a choir when I was mm -hmm. in CSC, but I hated it. Oh my God. I hated it more than anything. It's just because like, <sighs> I just had to join. So, um, so I don't know, along the way, my sister got involved in this fellowship. I don't know how she got to hear about the fellowship. It was just a fellowship they gather every Saturday. And, you know, as she invited me, I absolutely love the fellowship. I love the way they would share the word of God and we would interact. We would, they, I would ask questions, yeah. they would answer. They would ask questions, I would answer. You know, I would go and read the Bible so that when they ask questions, I'll be able to answer. I loved yeah. it. I felt alive. You know, whenever they I was in that fellowship, you. like... I absolutely love it. I was engaged as young as I was. They never looked at me. And that was one thing I hated about CSE. They felt like because you are young, you don't have anything to contribute. So yeah. you don't talk. When, when they are talking, you don't... Like, it was so annoying. But in this place, you know, they gave me the audience to be able to air my opinion about God, mm -hmm. to be able to talk about my experiences. And the pastor was very, you know, relatable. You understand? It was just yeah. amazing. And then the love, the fellowship in CSE was always about gossip. Oh, it's sleeping. I'm sorry. I'm not saying that CSE churches are bad. I'm just saying my own experience growing I can up. relate to that. There Honestly, was no, obviously, there was I can no relate love. to it. It was, it mm -hmm. was everything is eye service. For pastors to see what you are doing, yeah. for pastors to know you are doing this, I hated those kind mm -hmm. of things. Okay, and I was kind of pressed, and I'm still a kind of person that even when I'm doing this, I don't like people to know that I am. I prefer you think I'm less than I am. You understand? But people were always doing things. They would be the first to go to church just because they want pastor to say yeah. well done you understand they mm -hmm. would do things just for i said i did not like that kind of life but in this place oh my god the fellowship not just the fellowship with god but the fellowship with the brethren the love yeah. the commitment and when they are worshiping god the kind of song they sing is not eh, 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 enemy die fire 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 you know that i grew up singing you understand and then i started learning songs that were devotion to god like um he raised me up so i can stand on mountains i remember i love that song so much like so like such amazing soul lifting kind of relationship with god oh my god i fell in love with god all over again and then i rededicated my life to god at the time i was about 13 years old and then just the same year the church decided the fellowship decided to become a church okay uh so they were using a school's um hall a primary school hall very small like um, four corner hall and you know people joined you know actually they had a crusade you know that I was invited and that was when I joined the fellowship so I decided to start the church now the problem is that we are all CSE in my church my sister that even invited me to the church still attend CSE you understand so to the fellowship rather still attend CSE so I didn't know I'm going to do it but I knew for a fact I just knew in my heart that this is where I needed to be I at 13 I didn't have a good relationship with God at the time but I just mm -hmm. knew that this is where I wanted to be um, so what I would do is uh, on Sundays when because our church was like 30 minutes it's like 30 minutes walk like CSC was 30 minutes walk to the new site for the church that they started so um, I would come to church I would say I, I would, on Sunday we all go to church so usually I'm at the children department my parents is at the um, they are the adult side so we'll leave and say, I'll say I'm going to church. Um, but when my mom goes into the adult side, I will sneak out of church and I will walk 30 minutes.
to that church. And I know that they close, you know, CSC, you know, CSC, they can close around four. Like, and mm -hmm. oh my God, what I hated about that church, the service is so long. Oh my God, it is so long. <laughs> I hated it. So I know those church, they will close around 12. So when they close, I will come and all of that. So that was what I was doing for like, three or four months and I successfully nobody noticed you understand that's to tell you like you know look at the I mean imagine I was going and coming and even the teachers did not notice um so uh so one day my pastor in this fellowship church that I just joined um now called me I said why was out and I was in the choir I joined the choir in the church but listen when I was in that church I was 13 years old I was already leading bible studies in church like, I would wow. say I'm going for weekly service in that other church. I would go there. I was leading Bible studies. Like, I knew I had a gift of teaching. I told you guys I was very young when I was listening to different preachers. You were talking about somebody. I love Samadiemi. I love Otabi. But trust me, no one. I still, like, um, Miles Munro was my teacher. Like, yeah. I listened to his message religiously. As I then, I used to borrow phone to listen to his message. I loved the man. I used to buy CDs to listen to him. So I was, I actually knew I had a gift. I knew whatever this man was doing. I can do it. So I knew I had a teaching gift. So when I got to that church, they helped me to discover my teaching gift, my writing gift. And I was writing bulletin. Mm. I was doing all of those things. So, so my pastor loved mm. me so much. Like he, he really, really loved my dedication to church. So eventually um, he called me and he asked me what was the reason why I was always coming late to church. So I opened up to him and I told him that this was the reason I was always sneaking to church. And he didn't think he was right. And for his conscience, he had to go home and report me to my mother. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, him cool. and because they really cherished me a lot because I was like an asset in that church him the parish pastor four ministers you know and the head of choir they all came to my house on a Sunday <laughs> to come and report me to my mother so when they came they told my mom that this is what they discovered that I've been sneaking to the church and all of that my mom was mad oh god and then the man, my pastor was able to talk to her and said, this is what I've been doing, this is what I've been able to achieve since then. I've been leading Bible studies, I've been doing it. My mom was actually surprised. But before then, my mom had told them all my secrets, how stubborn I was, how I was. My mother literally like, embarrassed me in front of them. But then I later told them all the things I've been able to achieve and everything. And my mom said she cannot release me to a church that she does not know. And I'm only 13 years old. So my pastor mm -hmm. told her that she should hand me over to him. That if in the next six months she does not see changes in my attitude, that he himself will personally give me back to the church. So my mom, mm -hmm. after a lot of persuasion and the rest of it, she said, okay. So that was how my mom uh, was able to release me, you know, mm -hmm. trusting on my pastor's word. And she never went back on it, although she made me go through hell. Oh mm -hmm. my God. Because I'm the kind of person that when I give myself yeah. to something, I like to give myself 100%. So when we close from church, you know, remember I said we're using a, a school's mm -hmm. um, hall. So when we close from church, we'll have to pack the chairs as workers, put, the, put back the chairs, arrange it, do everything. So sometimes we close around 8, I get home around 10. And my mother yeah. hates that. You are only 13. At this time I was 14, you know, and it was, she didn't think it was responsible, but she would always, hey, there was time that she would lock me outside. At times I was beaten. At times I was insulted. I was, ah, no, I went through a lot, but I was determined that said, this church. So I started to change my attitude. When she asked me for something, I was always quick to answer. And when I but when I annoy her, she calls my pastor, my pastor pleads on my mm. behalf, you know. So she had someone that she could be. And because she noticed a lot of changes, I was fasting 24, mm. you know, biri biri, biri biri is you don't eat anything three days. You don't eat anything, only water. You know, so she saw a lot of changes. She saw me, she woke up in the middle of the night and see me praying. You know, wow. she didn't tell me those things then. But later she was telling me why she started to relent and allow them because she actually saw God working in me. Go to a time that when my mom wants to make a decision, she calls me and tells me. 
you know, to pray with her. You understand? Mm -hmm. So it was from there she started to, you know, to see the changes in me and see my relationship with God. And she envied mm -hmm. it. You understand? And that was how she totally backed off until we had to leave the barracks. And, you know, I came to school and everything. So, yeah, that's wow. another faith journey on its own. But that was how... Honestly, honestly, left. as we were talking, I was just speaking <laughs> you know, by church. It was, I, yeah. I, I, I just don't want to. I, it, I, I really picked a lot from that. Because first yeah. thing you said okay. was that you were curious okay. as a child. You wanted to know more. You were asking questions like, if you, if they say don't wear scarf, and that is something that a lot of. That's why I was surprised that at thirteen, and that's something that that's an asset. You know, you were asking questions. If you're telling me that I shouldn't wear scarf to yeah. be, uh, I'm going to hellfire. That means the whole of the people in this particular country, and these are even the people that brought Christianity to you people. That means the, all of them will go to hellfire. Yeah. So that's like a wrong... Exactly. That, you know, you're asking questions. That's number one. You know, to question. So if you are saying you want to change church, question why are you... Why do you want to change the church? Is it that you want mm -hmm. to prove a point to your parents, or why? Why you? Wh why? Why? That's number one. And then another thing you said is that those people discovered something about you. You had the gift of teaching, and the moment you came to their church, they yeah. discovered it in you. It's not the church that you were. You were that. Yeah. They, they didn't even they. know that you were absent in the church. You know, they didn't even notice that you were not even be. You were not exactly. even doing it. Like they didn't have any. Like, they were not even engaging you people that, ah, they were not really interested. And what is the essence of Christianity if it's not to catch them young, if it's not to instill beliefs and values in them? And these people know that, and you know, the other church, they saw something in you and that was their way in. And then they started to nurture that. And then they came to your mother and, you know, in love, in genuity, you will know people that of integrity, of, you know, high yeah. value. And they came to your mom telling them about it. And they said, okay, well, if you don't see changes. And that's something that I know about Christianity. It will never leave you the way you are. There has to be, like, there's going to be yeah, significant definitely. change in your life because you have a relationship with God. Not just, and you have, you've been going to church, you've been going all this while, you've been doing all of these things, and there was no change. And all of a sudden, you started to have a relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And then the changes started to occur. So it's not about church. It's not about doing all of these activities. It's not about jumping up and down in church and shouting hoo-hoo or praying 34 hours or locking yourself up mm -hmm. for days, sweating and doing all of those <laughs> things before yeah. you know that, yes, you have mm -hmm. a relationship. So yeah, it's not really about church. I just wanted to emphasize. And the story just says it all. Yes, it just says it all. The men of God in those days did not teach us well. Yes, your parents did not. But then you have to do the work and then you have to ask. If somebody of 13 years old can do it, uh-uh. Who cannot? What are you saying? There's no excuse, especially hmm. in this day. And no, really, there's no excuse. <laughs> you know, you you wanted to yeah. say something. You know, there was something that actually that something that actually changed my mind. You know, after I joined that church, you know, I said there were a lot of changes in my life. Even like my relationship with God. Oh my God! I started doing quiet time. God was speaking to me. I would sit down and write a whole sermon. Like I wow. was. I could not believe, like, at 14, I was teaching teenagers. Like, I was the teenage teacher, for you yeah. to understand, like, how I knew I was, I knew I had a lot in me. But that, that mm -hmm. church really helped me to discover it. I was teaching Sunday school, not Sunday school, church Sunday school. I was teaching mm -hmm. Bible study on Thursdays. I was the one, like, preaching, 14. teaching. You understand? Wow. Who, because when they ask questions in church, I was always there to give answers. Like, I would quote the scripture. I was reading the Bible because mm -hmm. I was, I wanted to know. I wanted to discover God. You understand? But... At home, I was still struggling a lot because of my relationship with my mom. 
But I was really trying, you know, I was really trying because I knew that my continuation in this church was dependent on my behavior at home. So I was really trying. However, there were times that, you know, I like I literally just use church as an escape. I want to wash plates. I don't want to wash plates, so I'll go to Bible studies, you understand. So there was this man that moved, I lived in the barrack, remember? Um, so in the barracks, I don't know if you guys have ever been in the barracks, like it's like a story building mm -hmm. with 36 houses, three building, three stories. And so two are facing each other, two story buildings facing each other. So there was this new man that came, that joined, that came to, that moved into the opposite block um, from the opposite story building from hers. And I didn't know them, but I knew they were quite well to do. Um, but they came in and they were, I never knew them. Like, honestly, I never knew them. So, but every time I would go to church, the man would see me, I would greet him, good afternoon, good evening. That's all. Like, he's a married man. He had like three kids at the time. So I would greet him, good afternoon, good evening, and I would go to church. I will come back. Like, but I never knew that this man was actually observing me. And I think that was one of the changing points in my Christian work with God, where I was more, where I was more determined to make to do better at home, you know? So I never knew this man was observing me. So one day he called me and he asked me, what is my name? I told him, Moinda Mola, and, I, and he said, oh, nice. And I left and his wife was pregnant at the time. So a um, month later, I think his wife gave birth and my mom went to visit like everybody mm -hmm. in the block would usually do. And the man was asking of me that, ah, where is your daughter? And um, she said, oh, she's at home. I said, ah, the person I named my daughter mm -hmm. after is not around. So she now, my mom now went and called me and he told me that the reason he named his daughter Oyinda Mola, he named his daughter after me, was because he saw my dedication and my commitment to the work of God. And he really wanted, like he really admired it and it's something he desires for a child. So wow. he decided to name his daughter. Me, that I was going to church every time to escape housework, to escape this, to escape that and all of that. And I was always getting into, into trouble. But someone saw me from afar and, and loved my, my work with God. And I felt like an hypocrite at the time. But... It just made me realize that, yeah. wow, people are actually watching me. I'm going to church, I'm preaching, I'm teaching. I'm actually following the things I'm teaching. And that was the way I decided that, you know, I was going mm. to be the best daughter. I was going to be the best sister. I was going to be the best student and the rest of it. And trust me, that was a changing point in my work with God. So yeah. I could name several instances like that, but that one was very, very significant in my life. But everything just mm -hmm. boils down to, you know, knowing God. You become mm -hmm. an example to other people. You become a light. Our job on yeah. earth is to become a light. The Bible says that you become a light, a, a sitting a light that is put on a hill is going to show. I be, yeah. I be, am I? Am I? <laughs> nobody lights. Um, put um, yeah. light a candle and put it on the bushel. But when you open it, it's going to light and light up the whole world around you. That's what we are supposed to be. We're supposed to be the salt of the earth. We're supposed to add taste to the mm. world. We're supposed to preserve the world. That is what we are as Christians. Not just to be a uh, showcase. The, the the essence of Christian. The word yeah. Christian means Christ-like. We're supposed to be like Christ. Act like Christ. Talk like Christ. Be friendly like like. Christ. He gave his life for the church. Can you give your life for the work of God? Do you dedicate yourself? I made a vow to God that every church I go to, I am going to give myself 100% to you. Of course, when I got married, some things changed, but I've, like, I still went back. Like, I cannot sit down, like, I see church as my father's house. I cannot sit down in my father's house and things are not okay and I'm sitting down comfortably. I will not be able to. I'm not comfortable sitting down with church not working because I feel like I am wasting the gifts that God has given to me. So, since then till now, like I have never looked back and all oh, glory to God. Like, of course, there are times of, oh, oh yeah. my God, I've fallen, I've sinned, I've done everything, I've done so much. But every time, like, I, like God still finds his way back to me and yeah. I still find my way back to him. That's, that's really good. Honestly, I, as you said, you know, a relationship with God is really what matters. It's not really about the church and, you know, the pastor. And then I think the, the issue that we have 
Another issue that I think we have is that people don't understand the advantage or the relationship, no, you know, the impact of having a relationship with God on their lives. You know, when they say, okay, go to church, be a Christian, everything, it feels like you're doing somebody else good. Like you're doing it for the good of your mother, you're doing it for the good of your, it's everything you do in your faith work in your journey is for your own good it's not for anybody it's not for your pastor so if you are doing things in the church because you want to please your parents you want to please your pastor you want to be seen as the christian in quotes then you're doing yourself harm because a time will come that you will now need to depend on that God that you say you're serving. You will now need to trust in him in, in some situations, in times that, you know, you will really need that God. Then that's when you realize that there's no connection. Like, you, that's when you now actually now go to pastor and other people because you've, you don't even have the connection. And that's why you see that when somebody is trying to get married and try to, you know, make that life decision you don't even know how to hear from god about the the life partner and so you don't have that connection you don't even know how god speaks to you he doesn't even speak to you in the first place because you are busy doing other things you are busy doing church things instead of building a relationship with him so you don't really know how he will communicate to you when you want to make it this so one thing i would just like to add to that is that you need to learn how to know god know how god speaks to you earlier because trust me god does speak. you know i was even going to ask that you know, as a question that do you have tips yeah. <laughs> to, to share you know you need to know how god speaks mm -hmm. to you because it's really going to help you it's not when you're looking for husband you're not trying to hear god you will know you will hear the devil because trust me it's only god that speaks okay the devil speaks your feelings speaks your flesh speaks your wants your desire will also speak in your hair so how do you did how do you know when it is god and when it is you when you have not cultivated that language when you have not cultivated that interaction when you don't recognize God's voice when he's the one talking to you so I still believe that relationship with God will help you to understand okay this is God talking to me this is not God talking so it can even still be confusing not to even talk of when you don't even know how he speaks to you so please it's very very important that mm -hmm. you you have a relationship with God you learn how he speaks to you so that you know when times of trials come okay it's not that you're not trying to learn is it God is it not God and then you're running to pillar from pillar to post from one prophet to another prophet test for them to tell you what God is actually saying about the situation. So yeah, that's the, uh, I think the final addition I'm going to add. <laughs> Another thing I just want to quickly add is that um, growing your relationship with God also helps you to discern um, spirits, discern voices. And there are times that you would actually need to go to um, your spiritual leader or to a pastor, a man of God. And there are a lot of men of God out there right now. But when you have a relationship with God, yeah. your spirit will tell you, will lead you to the person you should go to. You know, as you were saying, like you, you, you read a lot of, um, you listened to a lot of people and you were able to connect. There are some pastors, men of God that people like, people respect, people talk about today that I don't connect with them. I'm, I, I don't, don't connect with them. And, and that, the thing about me is that I don't force it. I don't need to listen to one, everybody's um, preaching. I don't need to... Once I know the people that I connect with, I connect with them and I can get what I need from them. And that's enough. I don't need to connect with... It's, I'm not just connecting, you know? So there are a lot of people... And this doesn't mean that these people I'm talking about, they are fake uh, pastors or anything, but I just don't connect with them. It just helps you. Having a relationship with God helps you. Your spirit will discern where you should go. I mean, there are times that you, can, you would even outgrow a church. 
and your spirit will tell you when it's time to leave you know it's not something that you just decide and say okay you know your spirit will just tell you the holy spirit will direct you to on how to go about it you know so yes i that's just what i wanted to add that it's really very important to build a relationship with god not just religion put in the work in subsequent videos i think we'll, we'll talk about how to now hear from god how to build a relationship with god today's uh, episode is just to talk about um the importance of building your relationship with um, God instead of just focusing on the church and the pastors listening to pastors listening to your parents following people I'm not saying you should not listen to your pastor or listen to your parents too. we're just saying that <laughs> we're just saying that it has to be you first you connect with your spirit first you connect with the God inside of you first before you reach out we're just saying this is something they will do with you but you have to do the work first connect with your spirit man that's what Christ came for it's not so that we'll mess around. But anyway, yeah. okay, so that will be all for today's episode. Thank you all for watching. Thank you all for listening. And don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. Turn on your bell notification so that you don't miss out on any of our videos. We don't need to tell you. Once it drops, you are aware, okay? And thank you all for always leaving your comments, your thoughts. And as always, if you have any questions or any topic you want us to talk about, anything you want us to um, share, let us know in the comment section.